Welcome to Monday in Westeros. I'm Grandmeister Todd A., and I'm joined by King of the Andals, the Roynar and the First Men, Taylor Trask, and Emily Kelly Cunin, first of her name, maker of video games, mother of cats, Khaleesia fan theories, the Get Turnt, ruler of her condo. It is season eight, episode four, The Last of the Starks. I think well, by the end of this, by the end of, of this uh, season, I'm going to have a, as long a name as Emily, and then we shall fight for the true, I know. the truly long named. Yeah. Uh, the whole wow, thing. you that yes. I, you weren't even intending to do this, but I am dis, uh, dispelling all uh, chit chat up front and uh, putting the question right to you. Um, that that has something to do with a big a big long season ending fight, and Emily, I'm going to go to you first. Yes or no? Has your girl Danny proven she can rule? <laughs> man, I'm like, I don't know, man. I think so, and I think that's kind of like one of the. She kind of touched on it in this episode too, of like. I, I feel know, like she, I should be gaveling you. Yes or no? Oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, uh, <laughs> King of the Andals, the Roynar, and the First Men. Uh, what say you? The Roynar and I. Uh, would say no. Yes, and you ask me to respond, and I would say no. But I'll now go back to to you, Emily. Um, defend your choice. You have to like say lightning round or something. Like I'm Irish, I don't know how to make a long story short, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can expand now. You can okay, say. okay, great. Yes. Um, you know, I think she said it in this episode, like you know, I see when she's talking to John that she sees how people look at him and are drawn to him and people look at her that way and have treated her that way her whole life, but never here, like never in this place of her Mm. birth, you know, never in this place that she wants to rule. And I think that's kind of, you know, for her, she has had to do like a way a lot more to like prove herself than John has, you know, like she's conquered a bunch of cities. She's made all these, you know, like, um, the you know these patriarchal societies bow to her you know she's birthed three dragons like i think she has she just has a lot more experience fighting for what she wants than john does or really anyone who's else at the you know table kind of cersei can can yeah. we can talk about that later but i think she has proven herself it's just sort of this is an entirely new thing for her to have you know to come to this place where they had never even like heard of her <laughs> I have for a, 20 years or whatever a pointed cross-examination question for you which is oh how are any of those cities doing now <laughs> I, I don't know we don't freaking jump back to those cities well but, but there um, is a line where they're like well the old masters have taken back over this and the slavery's returned to whatever and right yeah like, yeah um yeah yeah I, and i I, I I get it. I get it. I think yeah. it's it's one of those where we're never gonna know until she actually has to do it. <laughs> but I still think she's capable of it. I'm very I feel like there's a, a pretty large <laughs> percentage of our country that made a similar gamble a couple of <laughs> Right. I know that's what Peter when we were watching the episode, he kept saying like make Westeros better, make Westeros great again, John's never president. <laughs> Oh, uh, Taylor, do you want to expand upon your no? <laughs> uh, yes, that first that metaphor was not lost on me either. I was like, wait a second, this is <laughs> it. This sort of yeah, yeah. That there was it, it, I don't know if it was intended, but it definitely the it, the resonance of the similarity was. In in what what uh, specifically? Well, just like you had this woman who was told all her life that you're going to be queen, and like everybody's saying, hey, you're this, oh, you've oh, got that. the job, <laughs> and here you are, and you're coming over here, and you everything's going to go your way. You've got all the support you need. Here it is, and then here's this dude who didn't even really want to be king, and yeah. he's just like you know all the bros love him, yeah. all the you know all the all the country folk love him, all the stubborn northern people like love him. It's and and he's just mm. there and, and you know who knows he may yeah. end up winning but that it. yeah but that's not not something a show specifically oh no they uh, yeah, weren't you're, you're talking like, out of show i thought you meant there was a specific moment in the show that like oh no 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 sorry just the thematic similarities yeah. no okay so i'll defend my no i'm gonna i'm gonna use a, a paraphrase a quote we got in this actual episode oh my gosh um from okay. one braun <laughs> who who said you know he's talking to Tywin <sighs> and Tyrion. he Bro. said cutthroats rule the world and you know they have kids and they have kids and they have kids and yeah eventually you get to um a place where the you know 
maybe they're not cutthroats anymore and they're just rulers. But who was that first guy? You know, Tywin in some in some ways, the father of the the, the patriarch of the Lannister household. He was a bit of a cutthroat. He took a a family, you know, no family fortune, a father, his father who was just an inept um idiot and he single-handedly built in you know that entire empire that reputation of lannisters who pay their debts blah 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 so you have this 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 idea that the these cutthroats make the world and their children inherit and make it better danny and all her conquests has been a cutthroat she's you know she's tried to be a fair cutthroat but think about all the times that she's burned people she locked a guy in a and his and his concubine in a safe forever and you know they'd starve to death basically run out of oxygen she's done all these really terrible things when you really think about it. And yeah, it's, it's made her a, a, all the more of a badass and an empowered woman. And she's, she's climbed the ladder as, as a cutthroat, but she's still a cutthroat. She's still done all these things. So you take that and you go, okay, cutthroats rule the world. They, you know, they, they you know, build the world, but then what did she do with it? Once she had it, she just kind of moved on to the next cutthroat thing until it got her across the narrow sea to Westeros. So when you take that, you're like, okay, yeah, she's, She's freed a bunch of slaves, but then a bunch of them were re, you know, re-enslaved. She um, uh, kind of uh, united the Dothraki horde into one single unit. Then she got them all killed. She, she kind of keeps taking her successes and just doubling down on stupid. And I don't know from just a strate- strategic point of view if that makes her qualified to be, be a queen. Take into account, though, what Quiburn and Tyrion – you know, made a point of which is look you can't be a queen if the people don't love you you're just you you're basically yeah. cersei mm-hmm. if you come in and you do a bunch of uh, crazy shit that gets people killed alienates them from their you know from you uh destroys their livelihoods and then you become their queen what what love is there for you you're just you're just cersei which is no different than what we had before which doesn't make you a good queen just because you are the new cersei you got to strive for something more she hasn't yeah. demonstrated that yet, and in fact, all, by all accounts, she's going to go in that direction of Circe, which is, I, it's making it stronger. I'm sort of, I'm, I, I was almost seeing the show through Varys's eyes, like, whoa. <laughs> I used to be, I used to be, I and me as the watcher, I used to be on Team Danny, as Varys was. Varys was kind of unabashedly like, hey, there's this, there's this chick yeah. who is going to be a great queen, and now it's like, oh, evidence is starting to stack up against that. I don't know. I'm just gonna. Well, yeah, to, here. <laughs> to try to tie in what you were saying to what you said, Emily, is there there's this interesting, like uh, I mean, really early on, Jorah, uh, when the when the Kalisar is abandoning Daenerys and Khal mm-hmm. Drogo, who's in a coma, uh, Jorah tells her, like, you know, they don't respect like they don't follow uh, you know, divine right. They respect mm-hmm. power. That's it. Yeah. Um, and you're right in that Daenerys has had this much more sort of physical test of her leadership throughout Essos. Um, but John, it seems like John has had more of a test of leadership and having to bring together things yes. like the wildlings Great point. and the northerners mm-hmm. without violence, even though there is scattered violence, he's the one trying to mend those fences. So I'm. Yeah. And I mean, I think too, it's just like, that's, I've been thinking a lot about, um, I'm writing this book and so I'm thinking a lot about war and like the realities of war and that those really are the two sides of it. Like that war is messy and like her war has been much messier than John's and still like he's had to have friends die and fight and whatever. But like she, I think too, it really speaks a lot about her as, as a woman living in a very patriarchal uh, culture in Westeros and, and throughout Westeros uh, that she has had to, do things that most people would, it would turn their stomach. Um, Because as a woman, you need to try twice as hard and be twice as smart and do twice as much to get anywhere. Um, And, you know, it sucks. I wish it wasn't that way, you know? (laughs) Can I, can I, let me add on something to that. I agree with all that. Yes, that's, that's true. But she's never stopped. She's never really stopped. And you can make the the case. Yeah. Marine, she stopped to rule. and, And yeah, she did for a little while. But she's never stopped going after this quest of I am going to be the single person to rule over this continent that I've never lived on, have never spent any time on, and that a lot of the people have forgot. Like that's my end game is to rule that. Like she's so stubbornly set on that goal when she could have along the way, as she's as she's using all this crazy force and you know trying to make her way in this highly male centric um, you know power 
power center. She's could, she could have just stayed in Moraine and just ruled and really set up this reputation as this amazing ruler and tried. Yeah. I mean, she could have just been happy with that. That could have been enough for her. Well, she now, didn't Tyrion actually propose that to her? Didn't he say you should stay here and rule? Yeah, I think he did. Yeah, but was that before she did? I mean, he said that, and then she did stick around for a little while, and then she was, you know, the dragon flew her away, Mm -hmm. um, as the rebel, as the sort of uprising, the slaver, slavers uprising was happening. Yeah, she never really went back to to solve any of that. That's yeah, because she got like kidnapped, and then she had to escape, and then she's like, "F this, I'm ready." (laughs) Like, let's go already. She's just a girl. She's just a girl with a dream, you guys. But but that dream is. But wait, wait, wait. That dream (laughs) seems kind of toxic. So like, in the wake of that dream, are all these kind of just like people whose lives might be worse off? Does the pursuit of that? make her a good i almost want to like add that adjunct to the the question does that pursuit of that crazy dream make her a good or 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 bad ruler ultimately because we've never seen her i mean like i I don't know i'll stop there emily i think um uh, i'm going to pitch it to you with this but uh taylor and i were talking a little bit before um before we started recording um Mm -hmm. and uh i so you know trying to like sort of like metagame the the show mm-hmm. i guess uh, uh what do, what do i want to say there taylor <laughs> how did i phrase that but i okay so i know what it is I, do you feel like the cuz we do this all the time with like george martin versus benny often white's like do you feel mm-hmm. like they've set something up that they can't deliver on or they like is that a i don't know what's going on here i i wonder if i, I was expressing to taylor that i my ambivalence about the episode last night, which wasn't really ambivalence. Like I loved a bunch of it, but I was very annoyed with the Daenerys storyline. And I think it just made me queasy. Cause it was like, Oh, it just all came on all at once. Mm. I know we had hints of like the mad queen kind of stuff, but, um, but she's been, but she's made these kind of decisions in the past, right? Like imagine that episode last season where she burns Sam's you know, father and, and, and mm-hmm. brother. Um, you know, there was, there was, that was clearly a like whoa she's well that's funny because uh i um that moment occurred to me too uh but in that moment i didn't like they sort of played it like Tyrion thought oh boy she's losing her temper but i thought like no that's total like you have to do that to prove to the other people like yeah yeah i don't know I thought yeah. that was sort of like the appropriate display of power. Yeah, like that was instead of killing everyone that was there in a yeah. fit of rage, she gave them multiple opportunities to bend the knee, to lay down their arms. And then it was just the two of them. Like, I think she res- she respected him in that sense of he was basically sacrificing his life as to be an example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for, you know, it's kind of hard since we're in such uncharted territories here of, um, whether or not this is George Martin's ultimate design yeah, for sure. her character, or it's Benny we- Benny Weiss and Benny Off and Weiss, they're just Benny Weiss now. Benny that's Weiss, yes, Weiss. I love no, I'm perfect. Their couple name is Benny Weiss now. Um, <laughs> that actually yeah. sounds like that should be their real name, but I, it's hard to tell which is which because Benny Benny Weiss. I'm just yeah, just do with it. it. Benny Weiss. Um, they changed her origin quite a bit just at the very core of her of she's mm. older that cal drago had assaulted her instead of in the books where he's actually quite gentle with her oh that's right yeah you know that they they did a lot of changing of her personality from the very beginning and so it's kind of hard to see whether that was george r, r. martin's intention for her all along is to her to be this really like ruthless sort of ruler or if that's just the arc that Benny Weiss has planned for her of like, we can't have her, how this crazy, awful stuff happened to her. And then she's just like a Disney princess. Like yeah. I, I understand that that wouldn't make sense. So, but it is kind of hard to, to tell the difference. I think that's the same too, for a lot of the characters of a lot of their, especially Sansa. So you have another female character of George R. R. Martin's arc for her is completely different mm, than yeah, what it yeah. is in the show. And I love her on the show. I think it's probably a vast improvement on the book of that. She's still kind of on the sidelines in the book and here she's in the front and center, but it is interesting to look at Danny's character and look at what happened, has what happened to her influencing her now, um, whether or not that's really what she's supposed to be or really what she's thinking or, or planning or doing, you know what I mean? 
Yeah, I I think a lot of my like nausea at episodes like last night's was based on I, I don't know like what what's the head fake anymore and what's the like real motion like it, yeah. you know are you faking towards the madness and she's gonna pull back and be okay or yeah. versa and I, wait I it just, doesn't have to be madness though I mean yeah, I think let's be clear about like that a, a tyrant herself like, well yeah let's. Can yeah. we yeah. Wait, my into, other, add another yeah, yeah. point that That's I exactly wanna... what I was gonna do? So Taylor had this other topic, which I, I think, yeah, you're you're Taylor, you're leading us in there anyway. Yeah, which is, and, like, because... is this more about grieving mothers being driven? Oh yeah. yeah. So th- th- we've we've seen this wonderful blueprint that the show has built for us of what a a mother a grieving mother's uh depression, wrath, revenge, whatever, like what that drives her to do, the irration, how irrational she becomes. As Circe's kids die one by one, she breaks down and becomes more irrational, more unhinged. This strategy morphs into almost a, a, a sadism that she didn't start the show with or the story with. And we are seeing that play out through Daenerys right now. She loses Viserion. She loses uh, Rigel. And now she's got Drogon left. If if Drogon dies, that's her. You know, that's the, the one that connects her more to college. She named him after her love, her, her one true love. And in memory of their baby too, I'm sure. Like she had a baby with Khal Drogo for God's sake. Mm-hmm. Um, if Drogon goes down, is that does she basically then become Circe? Are we seeing this now play out through Daenerys? And if and she gets to either make a really good choice or she just becomes another mad you know, mad queen in the sense that Circe is also a mad queen. Mm-hmm. Um, there's and, and just this idea that the show is playing. I don't know if surely it's intentional, but it's it may I mean, if it's unintentional, even better better on them. They're playing this idea of what does a woman's grief, a mother's grief truly do? Like what? Well, yeah, put that to you, Emily. How, what do you think about that? Yeah, and I absolutely saw, I just saw the theme, not just a mother, mother's grief, but a woman's grief throughout mm-hmm. this episode in, in a lot of varying forms. Ooh, um, of especially, you know, of course, this well, losing, losing a child is, I mean, I don't have any children, but I have friends who have lost children and family members. And it's, it, it's just an indescribable event, an indescribable trauma, physically, mentally, emotionally. And of course that would mess you up. <laughs> like we, as we've seen with Cersei, if as her children have died, as they've been killed or, or murdered or whatever, she has gotten more and more off the deep end. And the same with Danny. And I think, I can't remember if it's in the book or um, in the show, but she basically tells, I think, think it was um dario that she will never have another child like she these are her only children Mm -hmm. um and they you know they're like miracle babies basically of like Mm -hmm. and she sacrificed her true love well i don't know if he's her true love but her first love's life her baby her human baby's life to make these dragons and of course she feels this incredible kinship to them and connection to them and you know I, i just I think it's incredibly sad if as she keeps losing him that she has more and more to lose now mm-hmm. with less dragons of yep. she has one left and she's not really sure what to do. But when the concept of just women's grief of overall, we saw in the opening, especially of Danny saying goodbye to Jorah, um, that sort of grief of he was her friend and her protector and her advisor and someone who loved her so incredibly that they were willing to die for her that Sansa this kind of the same thing of of um Theon of they were friends and he saved her and protected her and shared this really horrible trauma with her of watching her grief for him watching Brienne's grief of Jamie leaving yes. later yeah. like that's what popped in my mind when you said the, yeah. the episode I was like oh that's uh, a, I didn't even think about connecting all those yeah parts. of just like and I think that is so you know, especially in these kinds of shows and movies, these fantasy shows about war and conquering and whatever, we really rarely get to see the woman's side of war, the woman's uh-huh. perspective of what happens to them when their husbands don't come home, their brothers die, their lovers leave. And so I think this episode was really, really good about that, of showing all of this spectrum of grief um, and how it affects people. Women specifically. Uh, women specifically. God, yeah. I love that. I love. Yeah. Oh, and then I mean, let's throw Arya in there too, who is oh, basically yeah. just she didn't have anything to grieve for. I mean, per se. I mean, Theon maybe, and and the you know, other dead Thoros Amir, those those mm-hmm. guys. But she just kind of. I mean, her grief was just 
just you know shooting her arrows and leaving with the the hound like she just sort of shrugs it off and doesn't engage in it really well, yeah maybe she's I think there's a great moment with Sansa as well when she talks to the Hound and she says, mm -hmm. if these things hadn't happened to me, I would still be that little bird. Yeah, that yeah. was probably one of my favorite moments because I, I went to the um, Y'all West this weekend. It's a book festival. And it was really, really cool. And and one of the people who were, was there was um, an actor named Matthew Modine. He plays um, Dr. Brenner in Stranger Things. You were the Glenda Bond's panel. <laughs> Yeah, and um, so he, uh, I, like I love Gwen Devon. She's really funny. She signed my bag and everything. She was really great. awesome. And um, so, anyways, but he was talking about um, as a creator, as a as a writer, as an actor, or a director, or whatever. Um, you know, never. I wrote it down like in my notes, like from the from the panel. Never be ashamed of who you are. What's happened to you? You know, own mm -hmm. that because that is part of who you are now. And uh -huh. I think that was kind of like Sansa's revelation. And we kind of had some other revelations like with Bran of like, he's kind of accepting, he's already accepted his position as the three-eyed Raven. Uh -huh. Arya has obviously accepted her position as sort of this like lone assassin by turning down Gendry, by killing the Night King. You know, she's finally, and this is finally Sansa, you know, as, as we've seen her come into her own as the Lady of Winterfell and all this stuff and killing Ramsay. But she never really said it out loud uh -huh. of how... Maybe, she, you know, it was sucks, really sucked when it happened, but she would have never been the woman that she grew up to be without all that happening. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought that was incredibly powerful. And I, lo I love that. And she just delivered it so well. Um, you just, you just set up another well. really interesting <laughs> connection of themes, though, that I had, or a, a connection of dots in this other wonderful theme in the episode, which is the Stark children um, kind of officially in this episode embracing what they've become and mm -hmm. like accepting that fate except for one, which is Jon Snow, who has not, I mean, he's now the last one to accept that. It was an interest. it's an interesting, beautiful juxtaposition of like, hey, the real Stark kids have already moved on. He hasn't yet. Mm -hmm. um, I just love that too. God, well, I, I love this episode so much. I mean, strangely counter to a lot of opinion, which I, we can get into if we want, but I just, there's so much about this episode I love from specific character scenes to you know, certain pieces of dialogue, but adding these thematic layers on top, Emily, your dissection of that was, I didn't even think about that. You know, just women in grief across the whole episode, which is beautiful. But then this whole, whole other idea of the start kids really uh, affirming themselves. Like that's wow. So much, so much good stuff. Well, I have a related question about uh, the the women in the show, and especially when we get that last uh, confrontation between Daenerys and Cersei, which was when I was watching that, uh, and actually, I guess both times I watched it, I was thinking, wow, does this show hate women? Because <laughs> um, I... Taylor and I talked about this in a episode of our other podcast uh, about the last Jedi and this like vitriol directed at that. And, I, mm -hmm. and we had this whole conversation based around this like text message I'd sent him about like Rose. Uh, Tycho is actually demonstrating soft power mm -hmm. and there's such a thing in, you know, all patriarchal societies that uh, women are sort of only respect when they're respected by men in the patriarchy, when they're sort of like quote, one of the boys. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what Cersei and Daenerys have finally come to in that yeah. staring contest was they've both finally decided that like, well, we don't know about Daenerys yet, but they've, you know, uh, posed the way you said it, Taylor, with like, is their grief driving them, quote, mad? Like, are they letting their grief become this excuse to act terribly, mm. you know? And in that way, does the show, is the show, like, are the showrunners kind of, just sort of misogynistic because the only power they can respect is, you know, brute power and not soft power. And can I know. ask one question on that front? Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I meant to pose that as a question for both of you. Clarify how you're talking about soft power within the context of the show. Would Olena Terrell, Terrell be a candidate for soft power in your mind? Uh, I don't, boy, it's interesting to think of that in the context of this show. Um, I don't know that we've seen a lot of soft power. Uh, yeah, Olena's definitely like she's. Dim I mean, no, I'll tell you who it is. It's Prince Doran um, oh. because he's the one that's working the secret plan. Mm -hmm. But like, and this is a book thing, which we mm -hmm. don't really know about in the show. Maybe it was mentioned, but yeah, he's working like a secret plan 
to defeat the Lannisters, you know? Okay. Mm-hmm. I think ultimately it, it has some violent violence and bloodshed at the end of it, but it, it's not a confrontational, like my army, you know, yeah. is going to destroy your army. Most people who die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, I, so I'm, I'm posing that question. Like, do you, I mean, am I reaching there or do you pick up on any of that? Like, are, are you know, is the show being misogynistic in that way? Um, I mean, I think there's been a lot of discussion pretty much since the show came out. Um, yep. You know, all these changes of like, you know, the ladies of Twitter, if you would like to see some very more eloquent than I'll probably put it, opinions about this of, you know, Game of Thrones has had a really long history of, they have had like only two female directors in the entire history of the show. Oh, they right. don't really have a lot of women or any women who like there's been entire seasons where there's no woman written episode mm-hmm. and it's it's hard i mean and that's hollywood it, it's not an excuse but it's not you know anything you know crazy that's just what happens um it shouldn't but that that is a common theme and i think especially after this episode that's what i saw a lot of people bringing up again of like it's hard to have especially at this point when we're really down to the wire character wise yeah. where more than half of the most important characters in the show are women and there's no women writers there's no women directors there's not a woman showrunner mm-hmm. it's it's um you know they definitely handled things terribly in well, a lot but- of the male gaze doesn't necessarily have to be sexual. It can be, I want to see this woman like beat the shit out of this other woman with like her wit and her, her armies. Like it just like this badass version yeah. of what a lot of guys want to see their yeah. fantasy women to be. Yeah. It could be just as tainted in the, in the quote unquote male gaze as I want to see her naked or, you know, any of the, just the, the objectifying well, from a physical standpoint. There was such promise a couple of seasons ago when Yara meets Daenerys. And I yeah. felt like Ooh, good point. in this moment, we're, we're really seeing like, two women who have, you know, clawed their way to their positions. Mm-hmm. And I, I, you know, I wanted so much from that moment. Like, like, yeah, team up. Like this is the, this is the superhero team I want. And yeah. then, um, you know, Yara gets captured by her uncle uh, in this disgusting display. And like, I, you know, I just feel like there, there were always these moments of promise and then they're yanked away. And some of that is probably good drama. But some of that is also like, man, that happens to women a lot. Think about Yara, yeah. though. Think about exactly how that that particular, you know, she she was going to unite with Daenerys, then she got kidnapped by Euron, a man. She was held by him, and she got, and then Theon, another man, didn't save her. Then Theon, a man, saved her. So like, at no time did she have any agency in that entire arc. If she had somehow witted her way out of that jail cell, that would have been an improvement. If she had somehow. Maybe it was Theon who got captured instead of her. It didn't have to go that way. So I'm curious why they, why they made if it was unconscious, unbiased, probably. But just it's yeah. interesting that's her, that's her arc, and then she sails off. We don't really see much more of her, and probably won't. Um, yeah, and again. and I think that's kind of another part of is this George R. R. Martin's ultimate design, or is this just Benny Wise trying to up the drama, <laughs> trying to make a, t- a, a you know, a TV show that gets millions of viewers and makes a lot of money and gets people talking. Like you just, we have, you know, I really don't know. And sometimes it really makes me mad. Like the most, when we talked last season or two seasons ago, whatever, about Sans, about Sansa. And of course, of course she talks in this episode, like if that hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't be this way. But still it was like, why? Why does it need to always be like this? Right. Why does yeah. it always need to be the threat of violence, the threat of rape, the threat of death to make a woman stronger? Why couldn't why couldn't they just let her be strong because she's smart and accomplished and like kick ass? <laughs> like, come on, please. Like just no, once. <laughs> that's a great point. And I, I you know, uh, and I'm I'm glad we're talking around this too because Taylor and I talked in the last episode about uh the the you know, in the long night episode which was actually a rather short night um yeah one night well and all all the minorities raced forward to get slaughtered first and <laughs> yeah, like, cool, I, cool, I was cool, sort of cool. yeah after taylor and i talked about it i i had this you know i was talking with taylor about like oh, i kind of want to rant about you know tr- like talk about all this and versus what's the right way to do it kind of thing. And I don't really have any answers on that, but I do think if you are a, a member of the, if you are, you know, in a, a class position that puts you in the mainstream of society, whether that's like white and male or whatever it is, 
um, and you don't consider <laughs> like it, it might not have been a they may have not have done that in an intentionally racist way but if they're not sort of considering the the way all those things look uh like that's that's a fault that's where their fault is you know and i feel the same way about women it's like if they're not yeah if they're i mean and honestly the the thing that goes around twitter even though i haven't checked it in months is uh is always true which is like just hire more women i mean that's how you fix yeah. it and hire you know, more people hire, of color. Yeah, hire people of color and Which, hire women, and yeah. that will naturally sort itself out because you yeah. have someone in the room who goes, "Whoa, that's pretty racist." And by yeah. the way, <laughs> we've seen exactly how well that can benefit a show with this latest season of Doctor Who. I hate to keep oh. bringing it back mm-hmm. to that, but mm-hmm. that show made a very conscious effort to absolutely broaden the diversity of the every aspect of the production, from the the composer down to the actors, the writing team, and oh my god, we got some of the best stories. And you know, we got we got a story about the um, split of India and Pakistan, written yeah. by a Pakistani writer, um, starring a Pakistani actress, like in the show, like just. And you would we've never would have gotten that con- that episode yeah. with that much beautiful poetry with it if it wasn't for that diverse cat. Like it was, yeah. it's paid off in spades. I'm no, sorry, that's it's- that's an awesome idea. And I I was gonna cite the Jessica Jones season where they hired all yeah, the, yeah, all women absolutely. directors as well. Yeah, yeah. And like I'll it just, can be done. Yeah, and I'll give a shout out like to the company I work for. I, I can't tell you like too much about our process or whatever, but Pixelberry Studios, which I work for, is basically sixty five percent women, which is extremely rare for a gaming company. Yeah, and of those women, we probably have I would say at least twenty percent women of color people of color and we have a very wide diverse range of writers who work for us. And that's why, I mean, I'm biased because I work for them and I love all our books, but that's why our books and our characters and the love interests, and they tend to be much more diverse because we have a lot of different people in the room with different perspectives. And I think, I mean, since season one of game of Thrones, that's what they should have shot for. (laughs) And especially (laughs) like, like, I mean, there were so many uh, milestones throughout where it would have benefited them upon hearing the feedback of the viewers to go, ooh, let's bring some women and people of color into the writer's room. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there are a lot of episodes that were problematic that should have at least inspired that result. So here we are at season eight. It's not like this hasn't come up before, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah <laughs> We've been so talking I, about it. <laughs> right, exactly. So was, um, I, I mean, I, I will happily talk about this uh, forever. I feel like my second master's thesis could be on the treatment of women in this show, um, which is just what the world needs is another white man <laughs> <laughs> yeah, explaining his explaining yeah wait 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 i don't know if you know what mansplaining is but, uh... <laughs> it's when a man explains yeah. <laughs> um, so uh <laughs> um i, I do well, let's pivot to uh we're, we're, something taylor brought up to me um off air too which was was this the moment where uh, we had to we had to show that the cersei storyline was worth coming after the white Walker battle. Like, and have I phrased that correctly, Taylor? Is it like, I don't know that that's a yes or no question, but no, did, I, did this give us enough to go on? Like, are the stakes suitably high here? Did it justify putting this last basically? Right. And I'm going to say yes. Okay. Why? Oh, sorry. Let me do the yes or no thing. Yeah. Emily. Yes. Yes. No. Oh, okay. Good. I actually think I'm kind of a yes as well. I'm surprisingly. Uh, yes. I didn't think I would be. And, um, you know, I went into this episode knowing that's what this episode had to do and prove. It had to create all these character moments and sort of threads that make this the more compelling journey. And, and, you know, in lieu of the White Walkers and that whole thing. And then I thought back to, you know, the White Walkers really are sort of just a a, a one-dimensional menace. There's nothing, you know, they don't talk. They don't communicate their, um, their, their intentions. They just, they just go and assimilate they're just like the borg you know they mm. probably there's probably a better way to explain that they're just they're like a they're just like a virus they just go and so at some point narratively there's not as much interesting with a virus as there is with this woman who's lost all her kids who's alienated her family who's making a last stand fighting off against all these other parties i and i feel like they've justified a lot of wh- where we're going to end is going to be a lot more interesting than we beat the white walkers the end uh, so I really, I, 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 that's just, um, I'd love to hear you y'all explain your, your part of that. Emily. Um, yeah, I, all, I too was like, I was making jokes like last week, like, 
oh man, they literally defeated the Night King with one stab and his entire army. Like, what is Cersei even going to freaking do? Like, yeah. she has some ships and whatever, some golden dudes. And like, we have two dragons and like, we just survived literal death. Like, but then, you know, then Rhaegal gets shot Jesus. out of the sky. And it was ser- like, it was seriously like a visceral reaction of like, I, I, it, it was ho- horrifying. Like, it was just horrible to watch and then that was when i was like this is what it's about Mm -hmm. like this is why it was saved because Mm -hmm. instead of facing a horde of you know mindless zombies plus some guy who never says anything and just like stands on top of a mountain with a javelin this (laughs) is a person thinking feeling strategizing yep that that this is and i think too i always love stories i don't know if you guys watch supernatural but there's always these really great episodes of supernatural where like yeah there's vampires and werewolves and monsters and angels and demons or whatever but it's always when the people like the humans themselves are the scariest part of the episodes where they're serial killers or molesters or or just better than you you know like strategic like they outplay you that's the the scariest part and i think they they really um underestimated Cersei we all did and I think that was kind of the point of and that's what Hmm. she has been dealing with her whole life is that people have underestimated her her ability her underestimated her mind her cruelty her ruthlessness her desire to be queen and now we're only down to one dragon and no Masande. so I I'm so glad you phrased it that way because I absolutely had (laughs) underestimated her I had, totally. I had sort of written her off, which is why it was surprising to come back to this at the end. Cause I'm like, well, how is this going to be? I mean, she's already kind of proven she's weak sauce in these latter episodes, but then to see that Quiburn's now out, you know, basically has released the, uh, the Scorpion two. For <laughs> it's just like, imagine, imagine Quiburn on the stage. and like, and one more thing, your majesty <laughs> pulls out of his pocket. Like this key opens this door and he's got all these like scorpions. Just see him a black turtleneck. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He's the Steve Jobs of Westeros. Yeah. He, but just to see them all mounted on these ships and to see, I mean, they're just, the fact that they shoot one and then they just fire them all off. And you're like, yeah. holy crap, they've been hard at work. Well, yeah. all this other stuff's been going on. They've been investing their time and figuring this out. Cause they're like, well, clearly if Daenerys wins, we're all, we're all screwed. If she, if we don't, if we don't have something up our sleeve. Mm-hmm. So it's after that, to the, to that point and to your point, Emily, yeah, Cersei has made it clear she is to be reckoned with. And I'm almost, dare I say, I'm almost on Team Cersei or you know, to some <laughs> degree, like, I kind of hope she does win. Just, oh, God. You know, why not? <laughs> she's she's putting well, in the work. I, um, it's, I mean, Sansa and Arya have been the canaries in the, in the Cersei coal mine, like, uh-huh. <laughs> for many seasons now, you know? And I think if anyone could have predicted how cruel she would be they, they've been doing that forever you know Sansa's been saying that even this season and that whole I, the one of the things like I I told Taylor I watch it like two and a half times and I, it's because I kept like picking sections and going back and watching stuff like okay now what actually was said in that part and that part where she explains how they've basically sold this message of like the invader is here you know to the people of King's Landing the invader is here to steal your town we're welcoming you into the red keep mm-hmm. and so it's smart. it's really just human shields oh it's so um, smart on her part like it's disgusting but it's like so smart <laughs> i so uh, uh vis-a-vis your your um writing on war emily mm-hmm. my two thoughts on war this week were you know last week we get their vietnam where mm-hmm. the white lords and ladies of, you know, <laughs> send the less educated minorities to a mm-hmm. foreign country to fight a war that they have no stake in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then this week we get like a Hiroshima moment of them <laughs> basically like up, like up to the debate of them saying like, is it worth murdering mm-hmm. all these innocents to win this war? And I, I was, yeah, that was another point of nausea for me. Yeah, <laughs> and it's it's too, it's interesting the exact words that they have used um, to, you know, slander Daenerys. So they're they calling her the usurper. Yeah. When she has called Robert Baratheon that her whole life. Yep. Oh my gosh. And it's just, it's an interesting, you know, concept when the the conquerors rarely ever see themselves as conquerors. They mm-hmm. very often see themselves as liberators. And yet the people that they are 
quote-unquote liberating, we'll probably always see them as conquerors. And it's a really fun, I think it was really, like I said, it was disgusting, but a super smart part of play for Cersei to use these human shields and almost it's like a test. Like she, you lose. Danny would lose either way. It's either she's gonna kill everyone in the city to get to Cersei, and then she has no one to rule over, or she kills a bunch of people and kills Cersei, and then the remaining people hate her and think mm-hmm. she is just as bad or even worse. And it's just it, it. And I think especially for Danny, as I've talked about, of like she has had to be really ruthless and brutal in her conquering. And I think this kind of a, you know, like come to the Lord of light moment of like, what are you, what are you really <laughs> going to do? You know, like, are you, are you willing to sacrifice all of these people for a stupid sword chair? Yeah. Oh my Decide gosh. now. You guys, what if Jamie is there listening to Daenerys shout, burn them all. And he kills her. <laughs> oh, or, or Cersei. Well, see, that's another thing I don't get about the, this is a, a hand wavy moment in the show, which is she <laughs> has already set the damn city on fire, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't know why the people of King's Landing would ever believe that she has their best interest at heart, you know? I think it's probably like a devil, you know, kind of thing mm. of like, they don't know Daenerys. They don't know this foreign army that she's rolling in with. They don't trust the people from the North. And as much as they probably hate and, distrust Cersei they at least kind of know what she's about (laughs) like she blew up a church she set the world on fire all her kids are dead you know it's sort of they they get what she's about up front yeah boy I do not understand the divine right of kings like I know none of it makes any sense and I (laughs) I just (laughs) wish somebody would would ask that question in in a show about the divine right of kings Mm -hmm. like I, you know, he has the better claim to the throne based on what? Like the Targaryens haven't been on the throne for decades. Well, come back to, yeah. It comes back to Bronn's statement. Cutthroats rule the world. Like that is, it's, it, I mean, yeah. by his logic, Euron Greyjoy could just be king if he wanted to. He well, could just kill Cersei now and just become king. And he Exactly. Well, that's it, how Cersei became queen. Yeah. Like she, it, there's absolutely no lineage that like provides her with any divine right of anything. Like that, that's crazy. Yeah. Um should we pivot to highlights and lowlights of this episode? I, I think we're yeah. kind of hit the major okay. themes, unless you have more to rant on on those. <laughs> I'm going to ask <laughs> what, and you can turn the rant into your rant about highlights, but uh, Emily, what were your, your, uh, or, or if you're not prepped, I can go to Taylor because I, I think he's got. Oh no, mind. I'm okay. ready. <laughs> what are your highlights from this episode? Cause we, we glossed over a lot of play by play. Yeah. Oh, fucking ghost. I'm so oh. glad that Ghost wasn't dead. Like I'm so, oh. Like, oh my god! Like I'm so glad that Ghost wasn't dead, and he like looked so dope, and with his like like battle worn and stuff. And on the alternate low low point, why the fuck didn't John say goodbye to his own? No wolf? kidding. What are you about, man? <laughs> he nodded. He's like, <sighs> made me so like, mad. Like just hug the wolf. It's dude. a man nod. It's like be seeing you. Jesus. Um, I also really loved um, the highlights of, you know, as short as it was, you know, Brienne and Jamie finally getting (laughs) together and admitting that the feelings for each other. And it was so like awkward and like, but it was, that's why it was cute. Like that they did, that either of them didn't really know like what to do. And then they did it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and then of course the Lola is so sad. Like, why you like Jamie, you think so less of yourself. Like you're going back to this toxic person who will probably oh try to have you killed. Like he's so really sad, man. A drug addict. I mean, he this this could have been a scene <laughs> out of breaking bad where Jesse goes back to back on method. It's just like you're yeah. watching this guy, like I can even said, like I I I just can't I can't give her up. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, you poor bastard. <laughs> The other, the other, I just have a couple. Like I'll probably I can't do like, quit top you. five. I can't quit you. Um, the other one was that Sansa seriously still gives the best bitch faces. Oh like, like her With bitch her face, Yes, her bitch faces are just like the highlight of any episode. And I just love that she's like a gossipy bitch too. <laughs> she's like, <laughs> hey, ex-husband, I have this super secret. Even though I swore not to tell anyone, I'm gonna tell you. So come, come over here. So I can. Yeah, but here. but strategically. I mean, she, yeah. she sees that there's a real danger there. I think she's trying to warn For them sure. up. For um, sure. What else was like a low, <laughs> low thing? Well, 
I'm really sad about Rhaegal. Like, it was horrifying. Oh, my God. Like, it was just, uh, like, uh, uh, and Misante. Like, but she, I think she at least got to, like, go out like a badass. And, like, Rhaegal yeah. just got shot through the throat. Like, that's horrifying to me. Jeez. Um, yeah. Man, oh. it was so bad. And I just, I'll, like, have nightmares about it, probably. Um, oh, the other thing that I really liked was... Um, <laughs> that like out of all the couples that are like still here it's like that gilly and sam are the cutest <laughs> like that's so cute to me like i just loved it so much um yeah i th- i liked a lot of i seriously i liked a lot of parts there's like a, just a lot of what? like little lines of like tormund looking at brianne like and then as soon as she leaves like his sad face yeah. he's like she broke my heart and then all of a sudden there's a girl and he's like just kidding like i'm fine like <laughs> and him and john's friendship is so nice and i think that was he said one of the best lines when they're celebrating john or whatever of like he was strong enough to to befriend an enemy yeah, i think that's just like that. john's defining quality of like he could have hated his quote-unquote brothers and sisters of ned stark's natural born children he could have hated being on the night's watch he could have hated the wild and could have hated danny he could have hated all these people but he has always been the bigger person and reached out the hand and you know befriended his enemies and i think this is the last enemy he won't befriend <laughs> yeah yeah uh, taylor what about you highlights and lowlights uh i'm just gonna kind of blitzkrieg a, a, a bunch of notes as i as i wrote them um uh theon, theon died as stark um yes. the pins that oh, pin on him that on him and you know she, he did die as stark at the end oh yeah beautiful moment beautiful moment ghost made it glad that was confirmed made it uh didn't think that was that had actually happened it was yeah, questionable freaking loved john's eulogy god i loved his mm. eulogy that was just it was yeah. so great to say like look we will never it's what i would have said it's like we will never these guys literally saved us all and there will mm-hmm. there's no way we can repay them and the only thing we can do is to remember them and tell future generations to remember them and mm-hmm. keep doing that until we can't anymore like that's just that's so wonderful mm-hmm. i got choked up for for gendry's uh failed proposal oh, <laughs> Poor guy. it was so it was so cute like how excited he was but yeah. i really liked that part I mean, it's really sad for him, and he and she is right. Like any woman will be happy to have him because he's yep. nice and sweet and handsome, whatever. But I just love that Arya. You know, that was like it's so hard, especially in those kinds of moments, like to own who you are and like say no, like because yeah. she truly is so much more than just someone else's lady. Yeah, and she that was yeah. like her finally like do, I love you. She, I think she does love him. I think she yeah. loves him yeah. back. And, you know, they care about each other, but she was just like, nah, bro. Like, if that's all you want me to be, like, we can't be together. Well, like, yeah. And to quote herself from season one, you know, that's not me. Like, that's yeah. what she says to her dad um, when he tells her she's going to be a lady and marry yeah. a prince. Like, that That was uh, such a great moment. Like, that's one of those moments where I'm like, wow, you guys played that off so perfectly. Yeah. Why do you hate women in so many other places? I know. But because <laughs> I, I also it. thought the fact that she rushes to kiss him and like expresses that affection mm-hmm. was perfect. She wasn't being like cold Aria of a couple of seasons ago and just saying like, nah, that's not me and turning yeah. her head. You know, she, yeah, I think she really communicated that really well. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I also got choked up for choked up for Gendry when he was being awarded, um, basically being being made a Baratheon and a lord, and he just like his the look on his face of like he just won the lottery. He's like, I yeah. just, he looks so humble and just honored, and this is the first thing, time anybody has given him like this much respect. It's just it was mm-hmm. wonderful. Um, Again, I just wrote, feudal systems make no fucking sense yeah, at I all. Like, this guy has zero qualifications <laughs> yeah. to run a fucking city. I just love it too. Like Danny's all like fucking proud of herself. She's like, you know, the Lumen is because it was a good play of like now she has an ally forever. But it was yeah. also like another bratty show of like I'm the queen and look what I can do. Like I just elevated this blacksmith to a lordship. <laughs> Everybody watch me. I'm gangster like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wrote several times. I love Tormund so much. God, oh so many yeah. amazing Tormund scenes. Like just the, this was Tormund's uh, episode. The first 20, 30 minutes. Like yeah. Um, and if this is the last time we see that actor, which is probable. I'm so glad this is how he went out. Like, yeah. what a what a wonderful, great moment. I even wrote, too, this is why you hire Nutter. Nutter gives you all these amazing, intimate character moments. Mm-hmm. For the better and for the worse, he directed the Red Wedding episode. Mm-hmm. and he's But he's really great at delivering these just beautiful character moments. Um, 
when the G, uh, Jamie and Brienne scene started started happening, as soon as they showed Brienne with like you know a shirt and pants, I'm like, oh, here we go. And then when Jamie said it's bloody hot in here, I just wrote yeah. that down with like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> like that's just, that's yeah. just a little like pick up line, like oh, it's just uh, getting a little hot in here. Yeah. I'm just gonna take my shirt off. Uh, yeah. How about that? <laughs> I did write too. I wonder if they put Jamie on a platform to make him taller because there was at least one or two moments where I'm like, you are not as tall as she is and yet your his eye line was basically just to you know just to hers almost yeah, i was kind of wondering that too i was going to google like what their actual heights are there, there's a good side shot where you can tell he's shorter yeah but, yeah but maybe she is much taller they tom cruised yeah. him they gave him the tom cruise yeah. platform to step on yeah which i just I, uh, fyi it- joe jonas and sophie turner are not doing out in public like she's clearly a foot taller than oh, oh and, that's and right she, yeah and she like does not care she's like i love that and i'm wearing six, six and seals and he's like yeah this is my wife hey i everyone. freaking love yeah. that that's the case god I love that um uh all likewise though with uh with the sex scenes i just kept writing but she's your aunt every yeah. time like she came in they started making out they started talking about their love for each other and i was like but she's your aunt. And, and they haven't like addressed that at all. Like she's still suit way more concerned like that With he has a throne. claim to the throne that she's not that instead of like, oh, you're my brother's kid. Like that's weird. Yeah. Oh, by the way, though, Gwendolyn Christie is six foot three and um oh god, what's his name? Nikolai um, Costa Waldo. Yeah. Yeah, Nicola Costa Wall is six foot one and a half. Is he that tall? Oh wow. Wow, yes. he really looks like he is Tom Cruise height. He does. Yeah. He a, he okay. is, everyone looks short compared to her, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I did write too in, in terms of the Braun conversation with Ty, uh, Tyrion and Jamie. Um, Braun almost comes off in that, in terms of what he says and how he acts, he almost comes off like a young Tywin. It's very mm. interesting. He's just, you know, the point he's making, how he's saying it, he almost has a little bit of Charles Dance's, uh, the actor who played Tywin's, um, uh, mm-hmm. his performance in it. It just kind of reminded me like, this is almost like the boys talking to their dad again. It's very interesting. I just I don't know if that was intentional. It just kind of kind of came off that way. Yeah. Um. I did write uh, in 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 two in basically in this order. Fucking Euron, and then God, that's what I said too. And then Danny, you idiot, as she was flying straight towards his tweet. I'm like, <laughs> and then no, no, I'm no. Like, you got to close the gap. They can't arm the missiles. You have to like do a barrel roll. I was like, but <laughs> didn't you see Top Gun? Yeah. <laughs> um. And then, uh, yeah, just all the other stuff we talked about too, which I'm glad we covered. But yeah, those oh there were just so many amazing moments. I could watch that celebration scene again and again and again just for all those amazing, amazing moments. Uh, Gendry or Gendry, um, Tormund, yeah. just oh, the uh, drinking game, okay. the, the drinking, drinking game. game. Like Westeros, never have I ever. Oh, yeah. it was amazing. The fact that Tyrion made it up. It, it's funny. This well, is it's what he plays with Shay and Braun before yeah. uh the battle in season oh, two. Oh yeah. my god, good call. So he did that and, before and that. Jamie seemed to know it. So it's like, oh wow, this is like the Lannister brothers. Yes. Like like freaking think <laughs> like about winning. that symmetry though. Think about that symmetry. They do it before the bat uh the battle, yeah. and then they do this after as like the celebration. It's like a nice little bookend. Yeah, uh, for Tyrion stuff. Wow, I totally forgot about that. You're right. Yeah, uh, you almost can compare that that celebration scene to the one in Lord of the Rings where they beat uh, they beat Saruman's <laughs> horde at, at Helm's Deep, and they're having yeah. that celebration. They have a lot yeah. of the same beats that you know. Uh, uh, well, totally, uh, and then they all go off to fuck somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of. game. They've yeah. got um, um, Gimli's basically the Tormund equivalent drinking yes, and being sort absolutely. of a character. You've got, you've got Legolas basically pulling a Brienne and not drinking or just being yeah. very stoic in his, he, in his party goes, going. I think I feel something. Yeah. Okay, bud. <laughs> yeah, I just, I love this episode. I'm sorry. I mean, there, the, there's obvious sort of flaws with some of it, but Todd, going back to what we talked about for Endgame um, and this sort of choice of, oh do you do you focus on... <laughs> the emotion and the sort of the character moments, or do you focus on the technical aspects of it, sort of the logic of it? And sometimes you have to choose one or the other and you kind of, that can divide people. Doctor Who had the same problem, as I mentioned, Mm -hmm. between uh, Russell T. Davies and Stephen Moffat. And Mm -hmm. I kind of like that this episode aired on the side of emotion and character moments. I I sort of just fell into it and did not care about the logic. I just got swept up in it. I, yeah, um, Boy, that 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 was a good way to summarize it. I was going to say I had all the same highlights you both did. So mm-hmm. for me, like I, I, there's no reason to me rehashing those. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I you know in my notes I had Braun 
fuck that guy. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm Braun, I, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm still a Braun fan. I'm on team Braun. I mean, I like him, but I, I feel like he's one of those casualties of something we talked about last season of like they're they're rushing so quickly to wrap things up that we're yeah. not getting it feels like at this moment he's we're not going to get like a the right conclusion for that guy not in any yeah. bad way but i i think in a you know in the strategic versus tactical way yeah. <laughs> i would have sent aria to kill him like immediately you know just like mm-hmm. after he confronted them like have jamie pull her aside and be like hey can you murder that guy <laughs> <laughs> like like in a uh, like you know and have doing. that be a mirror to um uh like literally what's his face uh the guy that changes his face um oh yeah uh, um, whatever his name is, Jakar, Jack and Hagar. Yeah, Jakar. Yeah, Jack and Hagar. I'm trying to think of the song. Jack and yeah. <laughs> um, that's exactly how I remembered his name. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I you she could have been like the 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 three deaths kind of you know uh, faceless man. Anyway, um, I honestly kind of wanted Brienne to kill Jamie when he left. I Aww. I know that was a weird that's a weird thing. I guess I'm glad it didn't happen. Yeah. But I, I I just wondered about that moment. Um, uh, it seems like I had another, uh, <laughs> I had a rant to join up with one of the things you said about um, uh, it d- does the show hate women, but I can't remember right now. So that's probably best. Oh, um, you know what else is sad about does the show hate women? The part, it, since we're all talking about the celebration, we met and talked about, Taylor mentioned it. Like everyone's happy and stoked and playing this game and hugging each other and like you know John's like sitting on the table like talking with Truman, um and then you see Dar- Danny by herself and like mm-hmm. she she's obviously disturbed by it in some portion that people like John better than her but I mm-hmm. think too it was just sort of like she has set herself apart so much oh, yeah. that you know that it just like the look on her face was so sad yeah of like I, she just lost her like best advisor her like her one of her greatest friends and she was all alone yeah i really wished john had pulled her into that and like yeah. you know uh i i hated watching that that feeling of like oh man you know like yeah. I, I don't know it's just a relatable party scene where a dude hangs out with his bros yes. and the girlfriend is like John is a terrible boyfriend is what yeah, we're finding out. Exactly. But she even, yeah, she even like, did that cliche thing where she's like, and hooray for Arya Stark. And they're like, yeah, they treat yeah. louder for that than for her. <laughs> she's I like, know. Oh. And, and I think she like tries, especially in that scene where she's like, I almost said knighting. She's lording Gendry and cheering Arya. Like she was trying to make an effort to get she them was. to like yeah. her. Totally. And then still nobody wanted to talk to her, yep. like like her. And I was like, that I feel that like in my soul. <laughs> like, I, I do too. But it, I mean, but I think you rightly point out. I hope that's what you're pointing out that she she has kind of brought that on herself. Like yeah, she's definitely sure. like isolated herself in a way that John never has. You know, he's yeah, always yeah. been, um, yeah, one of the the people. You know, yeah, exactly. And that's the difference in upbringing, I'm sure, but still, yeah, it's like she is she is very accessible and she has never been. And I think she's kind of realizing how lonely that is. Ooh, yeah. Great. Wait a Yeah. I could renew my rant on uh, divine right and um, things like that, <laughs> but there's really no point for me to do that. I look for the Kindle be- single ebook of Todd's rant yeah. on divine right. <laughs> coming. All right. Now please you're, write you're, it. Making, you're making me want to do it now. <laughs> I know. Please write a book, the divine right in Westeros. And <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, so, I'm like on the brink right now. Um, I'm going to pull back. I'm going to pull yeah. back. Uh, I'm, okay. So I did want to mention uh, um, uh, 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 two things that I filed under the heading of weird shit, um, which is uh uh, Emily, I, maybe you have fallen down this rabbit hole. I have not. Oh, yeah. I luckily I got this from uh, like a a person. I have not found these videos that explain this, whatever. But maybe you have. <laughs> Do you remember from the books mm-hmm. the the origin of the founding of the Golden Company? Oh man, yes. Okay, so it was um, some like bat- it, it, this. It's <laughs> like a it was like a bastard Targaryen. Yep got like was exiled or whatever so went to essos and then formed this golden company as a as a way to try to come back to westeros and murder his brother that was sitting on the throne is that right i don't remember that part but because i had to be reminded of all of this or not even reminded because i don't remember it at all yeah he had a cool name he's from the black friars yeah, yeah, exactly. And Black, Black they Fires. were all bastard Targaryens who lost a civil war 
against, I guess, Eris, and then went and founded the Golden Company. But maybe it's even longer ago than that. But um, basically, I think it was Eris the first, or Eris one of the second, like not Danny's like, dad. Yeah, I think the other one longer than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the theory was put out there that the Golden Company would turn on Cersei because they would they would back this like bastard Targaryen. Interesting. John. I mean, he's technically not a bastard, but that is an interesting theory. Right. Um, okay, so that was one crazy thing. And the second thing I thought was freaking crazy, um, but F- I Googled it before our show and realized, like, I've I've just ignored this for eight years. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about the astrolabe at one point. Oh, yeah. And I don't remember if we talked about that the scenes on the astrolabe have now been updated to scenes that we have seen in the show. Did you? Oh, I know. Really? Yeah. I noticed okay. that immediately. Was that what you were bringing up when you brought up the astrolabe? And I just totally. Yeah. Yeah. It. Okay. That it was different. Like that. It, yeah. It looks different. It's not as circular anymore, but it also that they had changed the yeah. scene scenes on it. Yeah. Yeah. Another that thing that I have not every been... season where the scenes. No, change? no, apparently, no. Yeah. Apparently they were all those. I don't know, Emily, you can uh, address this as well but I, I what i understand is that in previous seasons it was always the same thing and there were these historical moments like the doom of valyria and stuff mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. and now we're seeing things like the birth of the three dragons mm-hmm. and yeah. the red wedding and something yeah. else yeah um, um yeah yeah i Those were are- i noticed it immediately because of the one scene where it's holding a head up yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like well that's different that's it looks like a wolf head yeah i was like that's weird <laughs> um so that's all i had under under weird shit um and i will uh yeah i'll put a pin in that um uh that feudal system rant or whatever it is that. uh yeah any should we talk about expectations for next week i mean we know it's a huge battle we know like is danny gonna murder thousands of people in king's landing with fire um i i think for me one of the notes i wrote down was how powerful is Danny really without her dragons? Ooh. You know, h- how much of her power and her influence, not just right now, but um, across the whole series, has hinged on the fact that she made like miracle baby dragons. And so now that we only have one dragon left, and with all the um, dragon killing ballista missiles that they have, <laughs> um, that Drogon will probably have to sit out the majority of the fight. And in, in that sense, how how really powerful is she? Like, I think that's kind of going to be the true test of, you know, everyone's loyalty to her. Um, unfortunately, of what does she bring to the table aside from like dragons and like half an army now, basically. Um, and so I think that's kind of something that they'll, they'll um, talk about in the next episode. I am really curious, honestly, of what's going to happen in the next episode. I think a lot more people will probably die that we like. Um, Cause I was way surprised that, more people didn't die during the long night. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I hope that we get a couple more like really good deep character moments um, with the hound and the mountain. I hope we yeah. finally get to see the Clegane bull and get to see Arya finally check off the last two names on her list. Which are, which is who Cersei and who else? The mountain. I thought mm-hmm. maybe the mountain and, and uh, or sorry, maybe Cersei. Uh, God, maybe the hound and Arya have to team up to kill the mountain. Yeah, that'd be dope. God, that'd be amazing. I didn't realize that's where that was headed. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, So yeah, I think, I mean, it's definitely going to be like the last couple of the last whatever two episodes are going to be like probably super nerve wracking and really sad. Probably just overall. I do, based on something you said there, I do have a highlight that none of us pointed out, um, which was the interaction between Varys and Tyrion discussing Danny's fitness. Yeah. Yeah. There are two scenes on that, which are really great. And I really, there was, a, there's when, um, when he clarified, when Varys clarified what the realm is to him, I thought yeah. that was so wonderful. And also when he talked about the, I don't remember how he explained it, but the, like, you could see when Daenerys, you know, uh, proclaimed her sort of, again, like her, what, what, what was the word he used? It was like her divine right. When she was like, yeah. basically I've been, yeah. this is my destiny or whatever. And he, Varys tells Tyrion, like, every, you know, as soon as a, <laughs> a ruler starts talking about destiny, like it's going to be a shit show. Yeah. Um, I really, I really liked that. I thought that was, man, I, yeah, I that was makes cool. me love that merman. I know. <laughs> Hill, I, I, I always sort of have, uh, celebrated Alfie Allen as my favorite actor and who I consider probably the best actor in the show. I think 
after him is Colin Hill. He yeah. does some amazing mm-hmm. stuff with mm-hmm. Varys. And you think about it, Varys is he's very stationary as a character. He usually stands or sits in one oh, yeah. spot. His hands are always, he's almost in like a monk. coat. Yeah. Yeah. And and even though even when they were in the South, he was very, very motionless a lot of times. So it's all about how Colin Hill translates that dialogue. And god damn it, he just he really makes me think. He is always like he he makes me believe in the fact that Varys cares about the realm in this way that Varys could change his allegiance based on these very yeah. rational um, things. I almost wonder if we're not going to end up with either Varys or um, oh my god, who's uh, who's my my other homeboy? Um, I just <laughs> forgot his name. Davos. Is, Davos. Thank you, Jesus. Oh Christ. yeah. Um, Davos or Varys may end up being the hand to either Daenerys or Jon. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's all said and done, I don't think Tyrion's going to make it past next week, to be honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that leaves that hole of, of Varys. I, and both of them probably would be better hands to John than Danny, based on her ability to to take advice or to seek advice. Mm-hmm. So I just that'll be interesting. Yeah. Oh man! Also, I, sorry, Arya has know. four people left on her list, not two. List them. Both Cleglane brothers, Hound okay. and the Mountain, Cersei, and Elon Payne, who we have not seen in, a, in quite a long time. Wait, who is that? He's Hold the on. executioner. He's, oh, yes. I... He's the one that beheaded Ned Stark. Um, <gasps> wow. Yeah. So he's still in the that role. So did, yeah. Did Payne I, I, I don't, we have, we just haven't like seen him in a long time. So he might just be like hanging out, and <laughs> hanging out in King's Landing, like, doing whatever ex executioners do, but he is technically still on the list. Huh. Um, I, and I would think that the hound got crossed off when she left him to die, but I don't know. That's a, that's a, a yeah. I don't I know how the like faceless time. men, you know, like that are, are they real like sticklers for contracts <laughs> or something? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think she ever really bought into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, get my, <laughs> my killing on and uh, mm-hmm. I'll, I'll um okay very uh very interesting i'm gonna call it at that point um guys and we will just uh table any other rants till next week when we will absolutely have more to rant about um anyway uh taylor where can people find this podcast (laughs) uh wherever podcasts are found if you're listening to listening to this on the stream search for wednesday in westeros on apple Podcasts, stitcher google play wherever you find podcasts um also visit our sister podcast panelism and uh, our Instagram feed at panelism.inc. We talk about comics and graphic novels worth having on your shelf. And uh, Emily, what about you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. I'm also back on Twitter after many, many a month not looking at Twitter. Um, and they're both at that Emily Kelly. Um, you can also, if you're interested in choose your own adventure type mobile games, you can play some of my stories on Choices, available in the app and the Google Play Store. Very cool. Well, until next week, we have two episodes left, I mean, of the show, and then we'll have, like, a season left of us just ranting about it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> seven blessings. It's like four more years. <laughs> yes. Seven blessings to you all. And Azora, hi to you. And what do we say to the god of death? Maybe next week.